Today, our guest is Peter Swatch. He is the executive business coach of a Focal Point International Sydney. Peter works with the business owners that want to achieve outstanding results, having successfully operated his own independent prestige car repairs and sales facility for over 25 years. Peter understands the challenges facing business today. Um, a certified focal point business coach, Peter combines his hands-on experience with his mentoring skills to ensure that you reach high level of achievement, dedicated to providing excellent value to his client. He's passionate about business coaching and will work with you to set priorities, define clear goals, and implement the system to attain them. Based in Sydney, Peter enjoys travel, golf, coaching, soccer, and fishing. So today, please welcome Peter Swatch, a business coach and a mentor. Welcome to our Exonte TV. Thank you for joining in today and accepting my request. Well, thanks for having me on today, Priya. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, so it's it's our pleasure. We have been discussing a lot recently, and I really like your initiative and the work you are doing in the coaching space. So, what what do you you wouldn't like to say something about yourself? You want to introduce yourself? In that yeah yeah. Thank you. Um, my my name is Peter Swatosh from uh, Focal Point Business Coaching and Training. Um, I'm in the, the southern suburbs of Sydney, Australia, and uh, I my ideal client ranges from you know, companies with uh, one million dollars up turnover, uh, with uh, teams that really just want a little bit of a kick along, help with their culture, um, goals, vision, and things like that. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Interesting, interesting. So in this, the foundation of your future success is built on what is being, to, you know, today. That is one of your sharp insight on business success. Can yep. you tell us a little bit more on those building blocks for future success? All right, that's an interesting question. I sure can. Now, I, um, working with my clients, we, we probably work on, on six different building blocks. And probably the first one is to have um, a vision. So successful business owners not only have a compelling vision for their company, but they're able to communicate this vision um, to their people around them. And then everyone is in the company seeing that um, the same clear image of where the business is going and how it's going to get there. So you know, it sounds easy, but it's actually not that easy. And it's, it's amazing how many people that have the vision in their head, but don't communicate it um, so well to their, uh, to their team. Now, the second uh, pillar that we are building block that I like to talk about is people. So successful leaders surround themselves with um, just great people. Um, yeah. They have core values, have been identified and they're clear and everyone's aligned with those, with those values. Um, the, third data, uh, the third thing is data. And by this, I mean a handful of metrics um, that the leaders can use to help manage the day daily business, um, day to day. By that I mean uh, things like KPIs where they can measure things and see things that are maybe happening before the end of the month where it, you know, once you've got a bad bad month with a bad report, it's too late. So if you can instill KPIs to see when things are going wrong before they happen uh, is, a, is a great initiative. So yeah. the fourth thing would be obstacles. So being able to identify those obstacles that must be faced for you to execute um, your vision. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, the fifth um, building block, I would say, is process. So process is your documented way of you doing business. So successful companies uh, see their way clearly and they even probably you know, constantly refine that process um, as, as things change, as, as we've seen in the last six months. Yeah. And probably the sixth one there is execution. So successful leaders know how to bring focus, accountability, and discipline to their company and their team. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, as we know, most of the people actually have a lot of vision, but they don't never implement it. Um, like it's more of an action taker requirement, you know, which is very yeah. interesting to see how you process entire, you know, and actually you break them out to understand it easy, you know. That's, and that's interesting to see. Execution is most important. So, yes. Uh, having said that, you have uh, written uh, and commented extensively on teamwork as a factor in business success. The fact remains that members of team come from different backgrounds in family, education, upbringing, and perhaps in age and gender as well. What's in your opinion should be the common uh, demon, dem, do, denominator in building a cohesive team that will work with a single focus? Well, that's a great question. And I'll probably go back to where I started in my building blocks is with to have everybody aligned with the vision of the business. Um, now, this is done through obviously you know, being able to articulate that vision, having it written down, actually knowing what it is. Your, your strategic values, your personal values that have been identified they're clear with everybody in the business and, and every, everybody in the team is aligned with those values. Um, as far as having different um, you know, people, um, a, a team needs all different types of people. A, a, you know, a team with like one different type of, one type of behavioural style is probably not going to work as well with, as one that has a whole lot of different behavioural styles. And that, that brings me on to another um, tool that I use a lot is uh, DISC and Motivators Assessment. And this is a great way of, of helping leaders not only understand themselves yeah. um, and what motivates them and their, their, um, their behaviour profile, yeah. um, but it works really well in a team situation. So then, um, you know, we do workshops where we get, you know, teams to do their DISC profile and then we'll have a DISC workshop around that uh, so everybody understands that, that not everybody is the same. Not everybody behaves the way that you do. Yeah. And uh, I, I find that is a really great, um, great way of, of, of creating you know, interaction, focus, and everyone, you know, working in the, as a team in the same direction. Sure. I mean, that, uh, you know, that also intrigues me. Like when I do my content strategy, I always go through the disk profiling as well. As part of my content strategy, I say, like when you are creating a customer persona, you need to think about disk profiling as well. It will help you a lot to target your message to the right audience, you know, the type of people you are. Um, holding on to so I'm pretty sure this is like very interesting so you you're saying in your business coaching also you actually educate people in how the type of personality you are, they are going to deal with it I mean I'm understanding it's a, it's a big gap in the market when people comes to the business ownership yeah it's one of the first things with any of my lives and I find that really a really powerful way to start and it, it just yeah, gets them on the, on the coaching journey and it just, yeah, it just works. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So in in this customer care, it's, it's like a buzzword today, especially in a retail business. However, today e-commerce has changed as a great success story where sellers and buyers do not directly interact for most customers. Uh, for most customers, Amazon is a faceless organization whose success comes from an efficient system and not any personalized customer care. How do you react to this observation? Um, that's a very interesting um, statement. I, I think the fact that you're not doing something face-to-face with somebody doesn't take away from the fact that there is some level of customer care. And you'll probably find that companies, you'll find a lot of online companies will do this differently than others. So, uh, for example, how easy is it to buy a a product from a, from a certain company. Um, how well uh, do they um, you know, take you through the buying process? So if it's an online, uh, say, for example, I just bought some golf balls recently online. Um, there was a great tool there for helping me to work out exactly what sort of golf ball I should be using. Now, you know, I've been buying golf balls for 30 years and nobody's ever, you know, even the face-to-face, nobody's ever done that with me. So yeah. I thought that was a really great way of, of creating some sort of customer care. The other other thing is um, with customer care, and, and probably the most important thing is what happens when something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, how does a company deal with that? So um, online companies have a great opportunity. Um, I know that sometimes they might be taken advantage of in this, but if, if you get a product that's broken or it's not correct, how they deal with that going going forward. Yeah. True. Yeah. So true. So going forward, like people should more be reactive to that e-commerce, whole e-commerce situation, isn't it? So you like, and it's it's. I'm noticing it's like not every e-commerce is successful for sure, but there it's it's a growing industry, and it, I mean it has been growing for a while now. It's much more bigger than what we were thinking, and also it's opening up a lot of opportunity for the people who are wanna be participant into the market. Um, without having a huge infrastructure cost, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I think it's it's a very interesting yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely. It's, yeah. Yeah, it def- it definitely is, and it, um, and as with any business, it really comes back down to what we spoke about earlier: is the, the vision and, and goals and what they actually really want to achieve. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in that sense, like, you know, you do you think like when, you know, when I remember when I was young, I used to go to the shop with my parents and the, the shopkeepers or salespeople were actually giving you to something to hold on and, you know, finding things, especially in the clothing industry. My mom used to react to the touch of the clothes, you know. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And now it's like, do you think it's actually, do you think how we can balance the EQ side of it? You know, having said that, because there's nothing to hold on to and express our feeling on that. Yeah, look, I I suppose that sort of, I don't know, gratification, I suppose is delayed to the time when that parcel actually shows up. And that's when you get to hold what what you've got. And, um, you know, sometimes it might not be the right size. You need to send it back. And it's the companies that address yeah. that um, yeah. to make it easy for you to do. I know one company my daughter buys, buys clothes from, they actually send a return shipping. Love. Yeah. 
comfortable with the clothes. Yeah. So if it's the wrong size, she can just send it straight back. It's, it, they've made it easy for her. So what happens is now she just buys more more things from them. Yeah, and I think uh, like if return back guarantee is there, like there will be no problem in returning back. I think more buyers are getting attracted to us that because they don't have to travel. They don't. Considering today's market, I think e-commerce is the best thing, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and, through, and through COVID, obviously, that's been a big boom for a, a lot of uh, online retail. Yeah, for sure. So in that case, you know, business schools and management education have a light status and brand value today. However, what's greatest business stories have been scripted by dropouts like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. Have business school been overrated, you know, when it comes to the business? Owners? Wow, what a question. And you've picked a couple of um, yeah, pretty successful dropouts there. <laughs> I, would, um, I would say that they wouldn't be overrated. And I would say that both um, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs would have employed a lot of people who have completed uh, those business schools, management education, you know, to help them create that vision. They were the visionaries of what they wanted to wanted to create. And they, they got the team of people. And I think I even remember Bill Gates talking about um, he didn't want to be the smartest person in the room. He would always try and employ people that were smarter than him yeah. to help create his vision. Um, so look, I think have a, a, a place in in the world. They're not definitely not overrated. Um, I uh, subscribe to the um, the theory of Kazan, which is never learning and things all the time to improve yeah. and become better at what we do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, obviously, they like there is uh, people that do the business. They are like more business uh, owner and a visionary people, and they need action takers. And I think that's where these people you are suggesting that these are the action takers and who act on their vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's right. And uh, you'll find too that a lot, a lot of people, uh, entrepreneurs, yeah, such as as, as Steve Jobs. They are great visionaries, but maybe not so actually great with people themselves. And they need other people to help them along that way. And yeah. they just created a great dream and made it work from that yeah. vision. Yeah. My papa used to say that, you know, you cannot win a war without the army, right? So a general um, exactly. and the top-notch position cannot go in the field all by themselves without having people behind them. So, you know, it's the power of team. Yes, I agree with that totally. Yes. <laughs> so, as, as a coach and as a mentor, what is your opinion yes. defines corporate leadership? Behavioral qualify qualities or acquired knowledge? Um, that's an interesting one. I suppose corporate leaders are probably not defined by the size of their company. They can be a, like a, a part of a small company or a large organization publicly traded company um, you know, can be you know can be identified as one as a, as a founder of a company um, but what I found is that based on um, Daniel Goleman's in, in emotional intelligence theory I don't know if you've heard of that um, yeah I use e EQ a lot we use EQ assessments through our things and I, I really subscribe to the theory that leaders are made not born now yeah. there may there may be you know, few natural born leaders in the world, but they're probably so few and far between that yeah. you know, they don't really have any 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 um, uh, go, you know, stake in the in the theme of things there. 
But yeah. Um, yeah, definitely leaders of warning. If I think about my journey that I went through in my previous um, business on how I, yeah, I had to step up at 26 years, 26 years of age and become a leader of the family business when my father decided to move away. And, yeah, I definitely wasn't born a leader and it took me a long time, a lot of um, uh, learning experience, you know, to gain the experience over years to become that, to become a great leader. So I think behavioural qualities, um, depending on your disc profile, has a lot to do with it, yes. Uh, but acquired knowledge is, is certainly something along the way that will um, you know, help leaders to become better leaders um, yeah. along the way. Yeah, for sure. And I think like when I hear your story, I feel like, you know, when uh, you learn a lot with your father while working with your father and it was like more by example, my, my, by the experience. So it's, it's quite le- real time learning. Also, you have done while you are actually acquiring the bookish and, you know, training knowledge. Um, yes, that's yeah. right. But see, what happened to me at the time was that I was actually working in the business when my father was running it and where there was probably not much transition between the two. So I was sort of thrown into the fire really quickly and, and that was sort of, maybe I had to accelerate my learning curve. But um, yeah, the, the dealing with people, having to give feedback, hiring and firing you know, and creating that, that vision for everybody to, to, uh, to, to, to follow, to, you know, to aim for, um, to have, um, you know, the, understand the values of, of the business of what we were trying to do and create. Um, yeah, that, that was something that yeah, did take me a while to, uh, to get a grip of. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, as always, I, I really enjoy talking to you. It was very interesting time with you and I, I always admire your journey, you know, and what you have achieved and how you actually lead your team so far and business you have taken over to the next level. Um, what your father vision was and the way he started so you kind of a living a legacy I'm a, I'm a big fan of living a legacy um one of my brothers says that you know if three generation stays in the business the business is like um it will much thrive better than what you can even imagine on it you know yes. so i'm pretty sure it's it's a journey and a legacy you are living in um Thank you so much for joining this. I really enjoy talking again. Uh, all all your uh, learnings and, you know, looking forward to see meet you again. Yeah. Excellent. Thank well, you. thank you. For, thank you for having me on today, Prayer. Yeah. But before pleasure. we go, I would like to ask you, if people want to find you, how can they find, find you? Where can they teach to you? Uh, they can find me at um, my email address, which is uh, pswatosh at focalpointcoaching.com. Um, my contact phone number is 0419-493-631. And if I don't hear the call, just leave a message. Thank you. And all the details will be given below the comment. So people can find you your details in the description and your website address will be also provided. So audience can reach you out through that. Thank you so much for joining Thank me. Thank you, Priya. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.